So today's daf is Ayin Zion O's, Rabbi Kulak and Rabbi Silber. We are starting a few lines down in O's. We are actually four, eight lines down. Yesterday we were talking about the man, the mana from heaven. And then we got into the other Inuyim, the deprivations of Yom Kippur. And we asked the source for Sicha. We brought a Pasuk in Daniel. The 10th paragraph of Daniel, it says, he did not eat lechem chamudos, and basar v'yayin v'sochlo sachti, and he didn't anoint himself. And then the Malach Gavriel shows up and says, because of your actions, because of withholding yourself from all these pleasures, even though you're living in the royal palace, you're not enjoying yourself, I've come now, and they've let me re-enter. So we're going to figure out what that means, what the Malachim, what the angels are talking about. That's the source, that because he was not anointing himself, and we learned sochlo sachti, wasn't even washing himself, Regularly, they used to bathe and then anoint with oil. So these deprivations, his this tshuva, and he was trying to Daniel was trying to figure out what went wrong, why Korish was not allowing them to rebuild the temple. He was trying to figure that out, and that allowed Gabriel to come back. So then they asked, "We talk about Gabriel's coming back." So we started yesterday this sugya about a psukim in Yechezkel. When Yechezkel, who was already in Babel, Yechezkel was also in the first Golos, before the Chorban, there was an early, it was like an early Golos, it was like Hashkama Golos, and they brought some of the Talmidei Chachamim to Babel, and this included Yechezkel and Daniel, and Yechezkel saw in a vision what was actually going on in the base of Mikdash, and that's where we ended up yesterday, and it wasn't a pretty picture. There was an idol in the base of Mikdash, and there were some gentlemen, they weren't gentle, they weren't medley, there were some uh, Jews, who were bowing down towards the sun, standing between the ulam and the zbech. They're standing between the building of the temple and the altar, and they were bowing down to the sun, and they were exposing themselves to the temple and doing the maiseh of Baal Peor. And that's where we're picking up. Uh, figure, this is the vision of Yechezkel. We're going to figure out what this has to do with Gavriel in just a moment here. So we're eight lines down on Oz, Ayin Zayin, Ahmed Aleph. So after, the, after Yechezkel sees these terrible things, this terrible idolatry going on in the temple of Hashem, Hashem says to Michael, Michael, Sarcha Umatecha, your nation has gone bad. Michael is the guardian angel of the Jews of Israel. Now we know that we have direct Hashgacha under Hashem, but it seems that to some extent, when the Jews are going astray, Hashem says when it says Hashem turns his face away from us, so there's there's still Hashgacha, but it's Hashem's Hashgacha through Michael when the Jews are not behaving as as we as Jews should be. Says your nation has gone bad. Amar lefanav. So Michael says, "Rebbeinu Shalom, dayo letovim shebehem." It should be good enough that there are good people. There are still good people. Okay, some people are involved in a vodazara, and it's terrible, and other problems for the korban of the first temple, but there's still good people there. Amar lo. So Hashem says back to Michael, "Ani suref otam letovim shebehem." Says, "I'm going to burn not only them, not only these people doing vodazara, but even the tovim shebehem." So this reminded me there's a Gemara, and this is very scary, and it's very appropriate for today, for the beginning of the three weeks, for Shiva Batamuz. We have a, uh, a fast today because uh, this is the day that Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchot after the Masei, the eagle, the golden calf, that first um, tragic incident of, of Avodah Zara in the Midbar, right after, you know, 40 days after Matan Torah. Already, there's already some people instigating Avodah Zara the same day that the walls were breached in the first temple and that the Romans came and put up an idol and burned a Sefer Torah in the, in the time of the second temple. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tragic day. But there's an explanation here. There's an explanation in Gemara. It's in Shabbos Nun Hay. So we're going to see a chunk of this Gemara because it's very appropriate 
for today, for Shavasar Batamuz, and for the three weeks to keep this in mind. And for what we just said here, he said, Hashem is going to, you know, Michael argued, like Avram argued, Avram argued for Stom and Gomorrah, and Amora, that there's some righteous people there. Shouldn't a few righteous people be able to save the cities from destruction? This was Avram's argument. Um, and and it's, it sounds like a good argument, but it didn't work in this case. When Michael said it against Hashem, should save your Shalim because there's some Tovim there. Hashem says, no, we're going to not only burn them, we're going to burn the Tovim. Now, there's actually a Gemara that explains what really happened, and it's it's very scary. There's a Gemara Shabbos, Nun Hei, Lo Yatzda Mida Tovim, Ipnei Yakadosh Baruch Hu, Chazar the raw chutzmi davazay. It never happens that goodness of Hashem was retracted and became punishment, except for this one time. So this might sound start to sound familiar. Hashem says to Gabriel, go down to your shalim and draw a tav, a letter tav on the foreheads of the of these people. Which people? The people who are groaning and sighing and upset by all of the abominations being done in Yerushalayim. So we're going to mark them with a tab on their forehead. That was the Pesach, and this is what he's saying to Gabriel. Go and write a tab on their head. And it's going to be ink. So the, the evil angels, the destruction angels, can't hit these tzaddikim, the ones who are upset about all the avodazar and abominations. And on the rishayim, write a tav made of blood. So the, the destruction of angels can hit them. But now the midat adin comes, and says, Okay, he says, what's the difference? So Hashem says to, to her, to this, what do you want? The ones I'm going to mark to be saved, Tzadikim Gemorim, writing them with the, the black tub. And the other ones, Rishayim Gemorim, they should die. These Sadiqim, they should have protested. They should have had Hafkanah. They should have had protest in the street of Jerusalem against the Vodazara. Lo Micho, they didn't protest. They didn't even have a political party in the Knesset. What do you want? Amar So Hashem says to the Midas Adin, Galui Viadua Lefanai. It is revealed and known before me. She Michu Bahem, even if they had protested, Lo Yakablu Mehem. The ones who were doing the Vodazara would not have accepted the rebuke and they would not have changed. Amra Lefanov, Ribbono Sholam. So the Midas Adin, the prosecuting angel, says, Okay, master of the world, Im Lefanecha Galui, Lahem Galui. You knew. You knew the Rashaim would not accept protest and would not change. Did the Tzadikim know that? They didn't know that. They should have, the Tzadikim should have thought, there's hope. If we protest, if we all get together, if all the Tzadikim would get together and protest and stand up and have signs and banners, and uh, they're not going to riot and burn things, but they're mamish, they're going to protest, and they're going to go after these Rashaim and say, listen, it's wrong what you're doing. It's a Vodazara. It's horrible. It's heinous. It's terrible. Okay, so God knows they wouldn't have listened, but the Tzadikim didn't know that. So the Tzadikim should have tried something. So that, the result, So that every, it was, wasn't just the Rishayim, it was everyone. It was the Zakanim, it was the, the elders, it was the innocent. People who, people who really were Tzadikim, people who really were innocent, since they didn't stand up, they didn't stand up for the Kavod of Hashem. They didn't stand up against the Zara. They were also picked, picked to die.
the Gemara says, it says it, it brings this explanations why that show that not just Rishayim, but also Tzadikim died. And it says, Maishna Tav, why they use a Tav? Amar Rav, Tav Tichie, Tav should die. The Tav, the Tav of blood, Tamus, and they should die. Tichie, they should live. Tamus, they should die. Shmuel Amar, Tama Zuhus Avos, that the Zuhut Avot was used up. It's amazing, it's an amazing statement. The Zuhut Avot at this time was not helpful. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Tachun Zuhut Avot. No, the Zuhut Avot should help, should help them. Tav Sof we learned that the Chotamo, the seal of Hashem, is Emet. So the last letter is Tav. So the final seal of a decree is a Tav. The last letter of the Aleph Bet, and the last letter of Hashem's seal, and the last letter of the Gezerah is always a Tav. Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmani said, They did everything from Aleph Ad Tav. They tried everything, but they, they did not protest when it was warranted. Now we know the mitzvah of Tochacha is very difficult. And we actually say in Chazal that just like it's a mitzvah to say words that will be heard and accepted, it's a mitzvah to not say words that will not be heard. So if we're going to protest somebody who's not going to change, we shouldn't do it. But when they might change, we have to do something. That's the message. And what happened here, there was no hafkanah. There was no protest against the Avodah At least it wasn't happening in the way it should have. And so even that tzaddikim were punished. That's why Hashem says here, this is hinting to the, that Gemara in Shabbos Nun Hay, that uh, it's a three weeks Gemara, that, that even the tzaddikim, that they didn't protest the evil, they were swept up in it as well. Wait. So now he's going to tell Michael, sorry, I did that already? Good. He said, Miyad. So immediately what happens? Vayomer, El Ish Levusha Badim. And this man wearing the Badim, his bod is white linen, and this man is actually Gavriel. So Gavriel is supposed to come and give the punishment to Shalim. It's amazing that he's dressed like a Kohen Godel in Yom Kippur. He's wearing Bad. So Hashem tells Gavriel, go under where the Kruv is, and do Chafina. We learned about Chafina of the Kohen Godel, scoops the, his two handfuls of Ketores to bring into the Kodesh Kodashim. He's going to bring that incense into the Holy of Holies and burn it there on Yom Kippur. But now this is Chofanecha Gochalei Eish, of fiery coals. Where apparently there's these Kruvim who are keeping fiery coals of punishment ready and burning to be used to punish, uh, you know, punish human beings. So Gabriel's supposed to go take his Chofina of coals, Zarek Oleir, and throw them on Yerushalayim. So it's not literal, but he's going to make Yerushalayim now vulnerable the Nebuch being burned by the Babylonians. And, and, and it will come to, come to my eye. So what does Gabriel, Gabriel do? He goes there and he tells the crew, hand me some coals. So one crew takes the coals. So one of the crew takes the coals from between the crew. And he gives it into the Chafina of Michael. So Michael of Gabriel. So Gabriel changes instructions. Gabriel is told, scoop a Chafina of burning coals. And instead he tells the crew, crew, hand me some coals into my Chafina. So he's changing it. He's changing God's plan. We're going to talk more about that. And, and he takes the coals and he goes. It, it, it's amazing. Uh, okay, I got all the words here. Uh, 
If not, that the coals had been cooled off a little bit between the, well, they were being passed from the fire, which was the Kli Rishon, the hands of the Kruv, the Kli, the, the Kli Rishon, now the Kli Shani into the Gavriel. If not for the fact that these coals had cooled down, because Gavriel changed his instructions, he told the crew, hand me some coals, please, there would be nothing left. So Gavriel sort of undermined the original instruction and allowed these coals to cool down a little bit before he threw them on Yerushalayim. Like we have on Shabbos, making tea. This is halach halamaisa. When you make tea, it's tea, tea bags, tea, tea is kalibishal. It cooks easily, so you can't use water straight out of a water urn. You have to use an intermediate kli to cool off the water. And now it's in the klisheni, in a, in a colder vessel. And even though it's still warm water, but it's in a cooler vessel, the walls are cooling it down, say the poskim, so it's, it, would be, uh, it wouldn't be bishal anymore. Here too, Gavriel made a method to cool off the coals, so Yushalayim would not be utterly wiped out. And when he comes back, it says, the Pasuk in Yehezkel, Here's the man wearing the bod, the white linen, like the Kohen Gadol has with Yom Kippur. And he has a covering, on the, another covering on his, on his thighs. And he's returning his word. He's coming back to say, mission accomplished to Hashem. He says, I, I did what you told me. This is amazing. So they kicked him out. Gabriel comes back and says, I did my mission. I threw the burning coals on Yerushalayim. They kicked him out. They hit him with uh, 60 lashes of fire. And they said to him, If you never did the mission, you never did the mission. But now that you did the mission, you threw the coals on Yerushalayim. Why, why did you, why you, you changed it? And you don't hold by this concept of you don't bring bad news. So you don't bring bad news in. So it's amazing. So what should Mikhail should have done? He, he should have followed orders. Yerushalayim would have been wiped out. So it seems he shouldn't have followed orders. He should have protested. And there's an amazing Gemara. It, it's in Shabbos Peites. We're not going to read the whole Gemara now. We don't have time. But it's, it's a beautiful Gemara that Hashem in the Atid Lavo, in the far future, in the far future, we know there's a Machlok is Rabu Shmuel. One says, Amishel will do tshuva and be Zohar the Mashiach. The other one says, Amishel won't do tshuva. So Hashem will bring a, a horrible government with horrible gazerot and then they'll do tshuva. But at that time, Hashem goes to Avram and says, Your nation is turning bad. They're not doing tshuva. And Avram says, So wipe them out. And he goes to Yaakov and Yaakov says, So it's a, what's the problem? Goes to Yitzhak and he says, Banecha Chatuli. Your children are sitting on me. Yitzhak says, Banecha? Banai? Velo Banecha? He says, what? They're my kids? It's like the wife says at home, your son is doing such and such. And Yitzhak says to Hashem, what? He's my son, not your son? So it seems that when Hashem told Mikhail, your nation is sitting, Mikhail should have said, my nation? They're your nation. They're your children. You said, B'ni B'chorah Yisrael. This is what Yitzhak says back to Hashem in the future. B'ni B'chorah Yisrael. You, you, God, you call all of us, all of Yisrael, your son. It's your nation. It's your people. It's, you, you, you need to help them out with really with hashgacha from yourself. So, oi. So after they kicked out Gavriel, Aitua Leduviel. They brought Duviel. Lashon Dove is the bear. Sar de Parsai, who is the minister, ministering angel of the Persians. The Gemara in says Persians are like bears. See over there for what? The Ukme Becharike. And he took the place, the position of Gavriel. 
and he served there for 21 days in heaven. So Daniel says there was an angel of Persia was opposite him, fighting him 21 days. Mechayel, one of the original angels, Bala Azraini, came to help me. And I was left there with the kings of Paris, the kings of Persia. And they were given, the kings of Persia were given at this time a lot of power, a lot of dominion, and a royal port. Because this time their angel was taking the place of Gavriel up in heaven, so Persia was ascendant. And you understand this is right after the Babylonian exile. Persia conquered Babylonia. So this is at the time of Persia's ascent and taking the, the, taking the place as the primary empire, uh, the place that Babel had just held. Amar Ketivuli, so Duviel, this angel of Persia, says, write for me, they have to pay the karga, the head tax. Katvule, so they wrote for him. He says, Ketivuli Rabbanon, that the rabbi should also pay tax. They're normally tax exempt. They're religious institution. They're IRS tax exempt. So he says, not only that, the rabbis and the shuls should also pay tax. Katvule, they wrote it for him. Because he's got the he's got a big position in heaven. Bidna devayu the mechtam when he wanted to make the seal. Amad Gavriel. So Gavriel stands up from Machre Pargod. He was kicked out of that curtain. He's not in the inner sanctum in heaven anymore. Amar Shav lechem mashkimekum Machre Shavat. He says it's vain. It's 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 pointless to be waking up very early in the morning and staying up very late. Ochle lechem etzavim and eating pitiful bread. Kieten ledida yishena because Hashem will give to his beloved ones rest. He's he's saying. You, you, uh, you Persians, you Persian angels that are trying to take taxes from the Jews, it's not going to work because Hashem will give rest to his children and won't make them pay so much taxes. Um, it's not only the Talmud Chachamim themselves, even their wives. And they get Olam Haba, they earn Olam Haba by Rashi's staying up late for their husbands, taking care of the house, putting the children to bed, making dinner. All of these things the wives are doing during night Seder. Their husbands aren't home, they're out learning, so the wives are taking care of everything. They're, they're not falling asleep because they have so much to do. They didn't listen to Gabriel, who was outside the curtain. Forgetting the abbreviation. I think it's Olam Hazeh, Hochme Olam Hazeh, Bekaf Moznaim, Daniel Ishkamudot, Bekaf Shnia. So if you had all of the Chachamim of the Goyim on one side and just Daniel on the other side of the scale, Lanimsa Machriyat Kulam, he would outweigh all of them. Amar Kadesh Bukhum, me, who, Zeh, Shemelamed Zuhut Al Banai, who is learning Zuhut from my children? Because Daniel was such a tzaddik, because he was Mitana himself, is giving up pleasures to, to help Hashem and appease Hashem and find a way to rebuild the, the Beit Mikdash. Gavriel, Yavo. He says Gabriel can come back inside the curtain. This is why Gabriel says to Daniel, because of you, Daniel, I was able to come back into heaven. come in, Duviel. He sees Duviel, the ministering angel of Persia, the He has this letter, this decree, this gazera in his hand to tax the Jews and the rabbis. He tries to snatch it from his hand. Bola. So the Duviel swallows the gazera. Some people say it was written but it wasn't signed yet, it wasn't sealed with the chasimah of Hashem is emet. Some people say it was sealed, but when he swallowed it, it erased some of the decree. He knew This is why in Persia, maybe he could tell us, do shuls pay taxes in Persia now?
I, he doesn't, we don't know. We have to find someone to go over there and fact-finding mission. In the old days, they didn't, but yesh v'yesh. He says, so sometimes, sometimes in Persia, shuls have to pay taxes, rabbis have to pay taxes, sometimes they don't because of this misa that happened in heaven where the angel of Persia swallowed the gezera, forcing the Jews to pay taxes. And so Gabriel says, and I came, and I said, listen, Paris is bad enough. They, they removed Duviel from power in heaven. They say, he says, look, the angel of Yavon, of the Greeks, is coming next. But no one listened to him. So he says, the Greeks are coming, the Greeks are coming. The next, the next problem on the horizon after Babylonian Persia was the Greeks. And it wasn't long after the second temple was built that we had that famous meeting between Shimon Tzadok and Alexander the Great. And when Alexander the Great entered the Middle East, entered Israel, that's when the Greek influence started rising and slowly, slowly, Jews got to become more and more Greek until we had the actual war during Hanukkah. Uh, good, at the two dots, Ibai, Rechitza, so good. So Rechitza, Ekra Inui, Minala. How do you know Rechitza is an Inui, is an affliction on Yom Kippur? So Shlomo, the king, says to Eviatar, who had been a Kohen with David and Melech, uh, he says, Anatot lech, go to Anatot el Sadecha, go be in exile in your own field. You're really Chayav Misa, I should have you killed, because he had supported Adoniyahu against Solomon. I'm not going to kill you this day, you have to go stay on your field, he's going to be in, in, uh, in, you know, stuck at home. He's going to be in quarantine. You've, you, you carried the Arun of Hashem, Lifnei David, Avi, in front of King David, so I'm not going to kill you. And you were you were afflicted when, where, where my father was afflicted. This was when Avshalom rebelled and David Melch had to leave Yerushalayim. Eviatar Cohen went with him and suffered on the road with him, as we're going to see. baby David is written about David when he's running away from Avshalom, running from Yerushalayim. Ki amru ha'am ra'av Where his people, the supporters of David, were out in the desert and they were ra'ev, hungry, ayef, tired, and also thirsty. Ra'ev, melechem, they had no food. Tzamei, memayim, they had no drink. Ayef mimai, what does Ayef refer to? La merchitza means they couldn't wash, they had no extra water. Doing the other sandal, maybe they also didn't have shoes. Maybe Ayef means they weren't walking with shoes. So what's the proof? Mayim karim al nefesh aifa. That we say a great pleasure is cold water on the Ayef nefesh, the tired nefesh. Dilma mishtia, maybe that refers to drinking. Mikasi ben nefesh aifa, it doesn't say the water is going into the tired nefesh. Al nefesh aifa, going onto the tired nefesh. How we know about where, that where, not wearing shoes is an affliction that we do on Yom Kippur? The David David is going up onto the Harizaytim. He's running away from Yishlaim. He's going up and crying. His hair was wild. He's going Yachef. Yachef doesn't mean he wasn't wearing shoes. Dilma Mesusia Marketa, maybe he didn't have his riding horse in his crop. He normally didn't walk, he was the king, he normally rode a horse, maybe that's what it means. Here's the source. So he told the Navi, go and remove the sackcloth from your loins. And you can remove your shoes, your na'alayim. Na'alayim means your shoes. And he did this, and he went arum v'yachef. It sounds like he was going naked and barefoot. Yachef mimai, means he wasn't wearing shoes at all. Maybe he's wearing patched work shoes, really worn out shoes with patches. They're not so great. If you don't tell me he was wearing something on his feet, you're going to tell me the Navi was walking around your slime naked? He wasn't really naked. He was wearing worn out patched clothing. It's not considered real clothing. 
because it's so flimsy and, and patched and terrible. So too, the shoes he was wearing were not real shoes. They were all patched up and not gishmak uh, shoes. Withhold your feet from being barefoot and withhold your throat from being thirsty. What does it mean? Withhold yourself from running over, even walking over to do a sin. Because as a punishment for running to do an Avera, your shoes, your feet will be punished, you'll be barefoot. Withhold your throat from saying empty words. So your throat will not be thirsty. That would be a punishment for using your mouth and your throat inappropriately. How do we know that marital, intimate relations, withholding from this is inui, is an affliction. So what does Lavan say to Yaakov? If you afflict my daughters, and if you take extra wives, if you withhold from them the marital intimacy that a husband has to uh, pleasure with his wife. And if you take extra wives, you take co-wives, more co-wives. Yaakov already has four wives. So if you add on to this, it's going to be more problems in the household, more problems for uh, his daughters. Why don't we say both of these are referring to taking more wives? It says, it says, it says, it says, that would be explanatory. That if Tanei would mean you're taking more wives. It says, it says, two different things. If you withhold intimacy for them, and if you take more wives, causes more problems in the household. He doesn't want either of those for his daughters. And so, so let's say both of these are, are referring to Tzarot and co-wives, but one is elevating the concubines to the status of wives, because actually all four of those women were daughters of Lava. But the two, the Bilha and Zilpa, who were the concubines, they were actually his daughters, not from his wife, but from his own concubine. So his, he had, gave maidservants from his, the daughters of his plegish. He didn't want them to be elevated to be wives, so that would cause more commotion in the household. It seems that later on, after Rachel died, Yaakov did exactly that. Some of it, it's not so clear what he did, but it seems that uh, Yaakov can take care of his wives. He's, he's got it under control. But Lavan is saying, I don't want you to raise up the maidservants to be full wives, and I don't want you to take more wives from, from outside. It's going to cause too much commotion in the household for my daughters. Dumyad uh, imtikach. So it resembles imtikach. Mikasiv imtikach ve'imta'anei. So it does, does it say tikach first? It say the whole problem is taking more wives, and that leads to the ta'anei, that leads to problems in the household with the wives. It says imta'anei imtikach. That sounds like the, ta, the ta'anei, the affliction, referring to intimacy, is worse. And the tikach, adding on wives, is the secondary problem. Uh, so the, we don't have time to get into it, but with God willing, another time we get into it. Tashmish itself, this act itself of a man and woman coming together is also called an Inui. It's written by the rape of Dina. lay with her, and afflicted her. There, he withheld from her other acts of intimacy. So this is an amazing thing. I wish we had more time, but there's something called Stockholm Syndrome. You know sort of Stockholm Syndrome? It's when someone gets kidnapped by terrorists and then starts to agree with the terrorists. 
and it's actually more common in women. Some of them become romantically involved in the kidnappers or the terrorists and take up their cause. You've heard of Patty Hearst back in the day. That's exactly what happened. It happened to Dina, Shechem. Shechem kidnapped and raped Dina. And of course promised her, you're gonna be a princess, we're gonna get married and you'll be the princess and you'll be rich and you'll be the queen of Shechem one day and I'll be the king, it'll be great. But then after that, after he had raped her, he didn't keep giving her intimacy and affection and paying attention to her. She was just like nothing, just like a body to him. And she was wanting all these promises. She was wanting to become a princess now. She, she was emotionally attached to him now and wanted all these promises to come true. She wanted to marry him now. There's actually a medrash that says when, uh, when, when Shimon and Levi came to rescue her, she said, I, I don't want to leave. I, there's no one's going to marry me now. She was very upset that she, had, she, wanted to, she actually wanted to marry Shechem after this happened. It was the first recorded instance of Stockholm Syndrome in the world is Dina Basiako. So, wow. Tanurbanan, Asur, Lechotz, Mixad Gufo. You can't wash some of your body. Just like all of your body. But if he's very dirty with dirt, with soa or excrement on him, just wash off the schmutz. And don't worry about, means don't worry about water getting in other places. Just, just take care of it. Wash it off. It's asur to put oil on and Yom Kippur, mix us good for even part of your body, just like all your body. If he's ill and he needs the oil, he has scabs, he's got some sort of uh, skin ailment and he needs the oil for, for, for medicine. Sach Now, of course, it's not real refua, because normal people use oil too, so it's like eating chicken soup. You can eat chicken soup when you have a cold on Shabbos, because everyone eats chicken soup. Here, do everyone puts on oil, so you can do it even if he has this skin ailment. Don't be worried about doing too much. So it sounds a lot like the Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam we said yesterday, who say that the other Inuyim besides Achil and Shtia are the Rabbana, because it sounds like it's the Rabbana, the rabbis gave some wiggle room. Okay, we don't wash on Yom Kippur, but if you're all schmutzed up, you, you can wash that off. And same with the oil. A woman should wash one of her hands, to give bread to a child. Don't worry about washing, it's not a problem. He didn't want to wash one hand to feed his kid. Gazru loves the other rabbis say you have to wash both hands. You have to feed with both hands. So what is the problem here? Rashi says there is a shade, there's an evil spirit. If you don't wash your hands and you touch bread, so that evil spirit has influence over whoever eats the bread. So it's a big problem, it can cause children to choke if someone does not wash their hands before they give bread to someone else. Tosfos here says, of course we wash our hands in the morning on Yom Kippur. Remember we wash up to the up to the up to the knuckles here. But he says this thing about the bread. He says, People are not so careful at washing hands before giving someone else bread because the, the Ruach Ra is not so common in where we live. It's like people are not so, not so careful about Gilui Mayim. Like people leave a cup of water out, they still drink it, except for the Gra, Dick is very careful. And the Zugo. People are not so careful. In Zugo, we learned of Sahim eating two things at a time, doing two things at a time, two cups of wine at a time. We're not so careful about that. We're not so worried because the Ruach Ra associated with that is not so powerful anymore. But it's an Indian, you can wash your hands before you handle food on your kipper. Food is not muksa on your kipper. You can feed the children like normal. But today also for the for the kids. Um, good. Okay, my time. Amarabai Mishim Shivta. Shivta is the name of this this shade, this ruch ra that goes on the bread if you feed somebody bread without washing your own hands first. Someone on Yom Kippur goes to visit his father or his rabbi. Uh, someone greater than him, over at Savaro Bamaim. He can go up to his neck in the water in Ochoshesh. 
and don't worry about taking a bath. You're trying to wade through the water. You're not really trying to bathe. So we'll allow it on Yom Kippur. Good surah. Ibai lehu arav etzel tamid mai. What about Rabbi going to the Talmud? Tashma da Amar Rav Yitzchak bar Rav Chana on the Chazita. I saw it for myself. Zire to Azul lagabei Rav Chia bar Ashi tamidei. Zire was the Rebbe. He went to his Talmud. Rav Ashi Amar. He says, Hahu Rav Chia bar Ashi. Hahu was my son. Was my son Chia. Who Azul lagabei Zire? He actually went to the Rebbe. He got it backwards. The Zire Rabbe. Rav Ashar lebnei Aver Yamina. He Rava allowed on Yom Kippur, the people living on the other side, the, the west bank or the east bank, whatever it was, to wade through the water on Yom Kippur, and sorry, Perry, to guard their orchards. It's a Hepsid Meruba, people are going to steal their fruits. Apparently, non Jews steal their fruit if they didn't guard their orchards. And when they abide the Rava, there's a, a Brisa that supports this opinion. They can wade through the water up to neck level. They don't have to worry about bathing on Yom Kippur, they're just wading through the river for a tsoya. Rabbi Yosef Shaila who live ne Tarbu, the Mevar Bamaya, the Maite the Pirka. So he allowed them to wade through water on Yom Kippur to come to the Shear, to come to the Drasha on Yom Kippur. Uh, the Mazel Lo Shalhud. He didn't let them go back home through the water on Yom Kippur. They'd wait till after. If you don't let them go home, they're not going to want to come to the Shear at all next Yom Kippur. You get the Amre, some people say, Sharalahu, Rabbi Yosef allowed them. Lemeite v'shar lehu lemezel, and he allowed them to go home also on Yom Kippur itself. I understand it's great you let them come to the shear to come to the base medrash on Yom Kippur through the water. Lemezel, but to go home on Yom Kippur, why not make them wait? My time, he says. Rabbi says, "Kadei shelo tichei machshilin laatid lavo." Anyone on Hansala? Okay. Anyone on Hansala has heard this? Because Rav Moshe, they asked, and he was posek like this. They said, "What if someone in Hansala?" He gets called on Hatzalah, and it's still Shabbos. It's early on Shabbos. He wants, he wants to go home. But he already took care of the emergency. The emergency's over. Can he go home? Can he drive home? What if the people in Hatzalah, in the ambulance, they take somebody to the Beit Cholim, to the hospital? Should they sit at the hospital until Shabbos is over, or should they drive home? Drive back to the station to get called again. Rav Moshe cites our Gemara. If you don't let them go home, you're machshila nati lavo. Then when they get the next Hatzalah call on Shabbos, they might say, well... If I go out right now, I'm, I'm going to miss that. I don't know if I can get back. You know, if you make them stay out and don't let them drive back to where their location is, the station for Hatzala on Shabbos itself, they might delay going on a Hatzala call. And we know if there's a, God forbid, a heart attack, a stroke, any delay can be life or death. It's a Sakanat Nefashot. So Rav Moshe allowed them, the Havre Hatzala, not only to go out to calls when they're done, to go back. And that's this Gemara right here. Okay, we've got two minutes left, and then the next minion's coming in. Rav Yehuda, Rav Shmuel, Bar Rav Yehuda, Havu Kaime Aguda Nahar. They're standing on one side of the river. Um, it was actually the river Prat, is the Girsa. Amara de Chatzdad, and they're at the Chatzdad uh, crossing. Hava Kai, Rami Bar Papa, Mechakisa. He's on the other side. Ramalu Kali, Shazra, then Mahu Lemevar, Lemeite, Legabar, Lemisho Shmaita. Can I wade through this river on Yom Kippur to ask you a sugya in Gemara? You see, everybody, they weren't davening all day. They took a break to learn Gemara, to learn Dafyomi in the middle of Yom Kippur. Beautiful. Amrle Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shmuel, Damitavayhu, he says there's a heter. He says, over, you can cross the river on Yom Kippur, you can do it as long as you're not lifting up your sleeves so far that now your sleeves are coming to rest on your shoulder because now it's going to be carrying an item in the Rosh Hashanah instead of wearing your sleeve, your sleeve will be carried on your shoulder. That's a problem. 
over, you can cross a river. You don't raise your arms up above, so your sleeves are now falling on your shoulder, and now you're carrying your clothing instead of wearing it, which we know from Hilchas Shabbos is a big problem carrying your shoes around. Could you wade through such a deep river on Chol? It's dangerous. Amazing. This, these are it's near the end of Yechezkel. This is Yechezkel's vision about the famous water coming out of the temple in Bayez Shlishi. We started with Psukim in Yechezkel about Avodazara in Yerushalayim leading to the Chorban of the first temple. And now we're ending with Psukim of Yechezkel about the water coming out of the Chod Kadashim, out of the temple in the third base of Mikdash. And the minion is coming in, so we're going to leave it off there. We're going we're gonna to go fast tomorrow, but this water source is very famous. Rav Nachman talks about this a lot. Um, so we've, we've started with Yechezkel with problems and we're ending with Yechezkel with the promise that in the future there'll be water coming through Shalayim and it's going to even stop the Malach HaMavet. So, Shkoyach Rabosai, we've done a, we had a very meaningful da for Shivar Sovetamus and Atzlocha Mazel Brochem.